We're live. First episode of the OPP Podcast with our special guest, Hall of Famer Lenny Moore. Lenny, you had many championships, several pro accolades, but what was it like at Penn State? We are Penn State. That's what I just said, we are. And I was waiting on some response, but I didn't hear it. Oh, yeah. Happily, uh, I was there with... Um, <clears throat> The great Rip Angle and Joe Paterno and that crew uh, when I was there. And um, great teachers, great human beings. Really set a lot of the stages for me in a positive vein because they were about getting as much as I could while being at Penn State. But also any problems or any situations that would come up or whatever, Rip Angle and Joe Paterno says, don't you do anything. Come see us. And uh, that was the whole scene <clears throat> while I was at Penn State. All right, so you go to Penn State, you have a great career, you get drafted first round, pick number nine to the Colts. How did that feel? Well, I'm happy, but uh, Rip Angle and Joe Paterno set the stages for me. And then uh, down here with the then Baltimore Colts. Yeah. Baltimore Colts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So you played with the Colts for 12 years. 12 years. You guys win two world championships. You get all kind of awards. You get Pro Bowls, All Pros, all that stuff. What was it like, you know, starting a dynasty with them? Then, you know, several Hall of Famers played for the Colts. You guys win championships. You know, how'd that feel as well, a young man? the thing is, uh, the whole bottom line was uh, God led me. And I say that with emphasis because every time I put on a uniform or whatever, uh, God was the leader. And uh, just for me having the ability, God given, the ability to be able to do <clears throat> the things that was done, sometimes I look at it and say, wow, that's not me. You know, and I look at it and say, ooh, we, gosh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And um, that's the way it was through college. And then I was fortunate enough to have the Rip Angles and the Joe Paternos, who were also great men making us great students, not only of football, but of life, too. 
And uh, so when I left Penn State and came to the Baltimore Colts, again, uh, ran into some great people, great coaches. So you had several teammates that later on became Hall of Famers. Oh, yeah. What was that like looking around that locker room with uh, Art uh, Donovan, uh, uh, Johnny uh, Unitas, never, John Mackey? Well, that's the thing. Uh, they didn't know as well as myself. See, and I got the yeah, Hall of Fame <laughs> World <laughs> Championship ring, Hall of Fame ring, you know. But that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That was giving credit where it's to be each year. I was led by trust in me. And then when I came into the pros, a lot of people didn't know this, in my right thigh pad of all the years that I played professional football, I carried a little miniature <coughs> Bible in my right thigh pad. And every time that I scored a touchdown or when things were getting rough and tough and whatever, I just tap it. So all right, Lord, me and you, show me the way. And uh, throughout my entire career, people were to ask me, how did you do this? How do I don't know. The only thing I know that I trusted God to lead me and show me, gave me the talent. <clears throat> Many people used to ask me, Lynn, what's this play? Now look how you got away from that guy. I don't know. I don't know how I got away from him. God gave me the ability and the talent to do what I did, but I can't basically explain how I did it because I was led by God in getting it done. I used to look at it and marvel, marvel at it myself. And I said, hmm, man, wow, go ahead, man. <laughs> you know, but I know where it came from. I could not tell you how I did it. As many people, many people used to ask me, man, how'd you get away from that guy? How do you, I don't know. <laughs> there were guys like the great Raymond Barry. I was basically a running back. And in being a running back, very different than being a wide receiver. And I had both positions that they had me learn when I was with the Baltimore Colts. And I said, well, how do I run these pass patterns? So Raymond says, come on, man. He said, I'll show you this is exactly how to do it. Lenny, never cut on your inside foot. 
if you have to make a sharp cut. I said, well, what do you mean, man? I didn't know what he was talking about because I didn't know what foot I made my cut on because I didn't know. I just did it out of natural, God-given instinct. And I'd get up and I say, well, what is he talking about? Never cut on your inside foot. I couldn't understand that. He said, you got to make a sharp cut. If I want you to do a 10-yard angle out, and uh, I don't know whether I can show you, but uh, in other words, if I'm going down, <clears throat> when I say cut on your he said, never cut on your inside foot. This is my inside foot, and I'm going to make an angle out this way. If I'm going to make an angle out that way, my inside foot is here. So he said, don't make your sharp cut on your inside foot, because then you got to bring this other foot all the way around to complete your cut. I couldn't understand that, but when I talked to Raymond, Raymond says, you got to make those sharp cuts. That way when Johnny Unitas gets back with the ball and he wants to hit you, when you make your break, you'll have your hand coordinated, you'll have your body coordinated, and your head and hands will be cord coordinated. Now it's very easy, if I had a ball here, I could very easily show you. This is my inside foot, and I'm gonna do a 10 yard angle out. In other words, I'm gonna come here 10 yards, and I'm gonna make my break that way, okay? Now, I'm coming down, I'm going to make my break. This is the 10 yards. If I cut on this inside foot, there we go, if I cut on my inside foot, I got to bring this foot all the way around. Now if I come and I make my cut on the, on the right foot, and I, then I make my break. I got my body ready to be able to turn all the way around to get the ball. If I cut on my inside foot, I got to bring my balance around. So I cut on my outside foot, my body's automatically ready around, and I'm ready to get the ball. I said, thank you, Raymond. I said, now I got to do it. He said, well, you got to practice it because you're not used to making those sharp cuts like that. So I stayed out after practice, and I would run those cuts because uh, it's kind of not, it's not a natural way of doing it. You know, if you want to just cut anyway, you don't know what your feet are doing. You gotta know what your feet are doing so that, that way you'll know what your body's doing and your body will be able to make the right 
turn to get that ball in in the right position. You gotta practice. The practice makes perfect. That must have been nice to have all those Hall of Famers giving you all that advice. Well, see, but that's but see, Raymond used to stay out after practice, and we'd watch him say, "Well, there's Raymond, man." I'm going in the locker room, man, take my shower and go home. You know, and that's what a lot of the guys would do. Raymond would be out there making all these cuts, and I'd watch him. And um, he showed me how to do it, just like what I was trying to demonstrate there. That was just one of the many different routine uh, breaks that you have to make in order to time up with Johnny U, then that's only part of it. The rest of it, you got to stay out after practice and time it with Johnny Unitas so that pitch and catch is exactly what it's about. Man, you guys but are right You got to work at it. Several, several Hall of Famers. Quarterback, wide receivers, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Dynasty, way before it was even a dynasty. Hey, but practice makes perfect. And since you actually brought up Johnny U, how was it playing with one of the all-time greatest quarterbacks? Well, that's exactly what it was about. Raymond Berry, Johnny Unitas, they worked at it. They got that down to a scientific way of doing it. But they say you got to stay after practice and you got to time it. And that's something, uh, you know, when the coach says practice is over, boom, ahead for the locker room, man. Shower and get on home, you know. You stay out after practice and you. Give that little extra time in order to perfect, perfect it. So his nickname was Golden Arm. What was it like, you know, when you line up, you know this guy's got a beautiful timing, nice, you know, form. What is it like lining up with a guy you know is going to put it right on the money every time? Hey, man. Made your job a lot easier, right? Hey, that's what it's all about. You know. They don't know. You know, but you got to perfect it. And the only way that you're going to perfect it, you're going to have to time it. You're going to have to stay out there to practice and work on it and get your timing down and perfect it to the point that you get the job done. Right, well, we're going to take a 10 minute break. Everybody wants to get a signature, get a picture, come on and line up. And we're back with the Colts Hall of Fame legend Lenny Moore. Uh, we talked about teammates, we talked about college, we talked about awards. Now I want to ask you about going to the Football Hall of Fame. What was that like for you? Something I never would have believe would would happen to me but uh, God's blessing 
like I was saying before, I used to carry in my right thigh pad a little miniature Bible. And any time that I did something on the football field, I just reached down and touched that little Bible in my right thigh pad and uh, say thanks. Every time I scored a touchdown, I'd tap on that little Bible. And that was my guardian angel, so to speak. With every game that I played and everything that had happened, I thank the Lord for it. So you, so you play your whole NFL career for one team, which is unheard of nowadays. You go in the Hall of Fame for the Colts. Oh, yeah. You get up there and you stand and do your speech. How are you feeling when you do that speech up there? Your family and the audience and everything emotions-wise, how do you feel about that? Well, I just, number one, I thank the Lord. Uh, that was the number one thing. And um, I never would have even thought or dreamed that would happen. And it happened. And uh, I just never stopped thanking God for that happening. And um, I thank Him every day for the things that have happened in my football career and also going into the Hall of Fame, God's Hall of Fame. All right, so you were in the Football Hall of Fame in 1975. Right. After playing 12 years with the Colts. Right. You're in Penn State. Then you, you know, you're enshrined in Canton. That's a big, big ordeal. Big, very, very good. I've been there a lot of times. You got that right. So you wake up one morning, just like I did, and every other kid going to school that day. The Colts leave in the middle of the night. How did it feel for you? How did it feel for me? I lost my job. I was working for the Colts at that particular time, not knowing that they left out of the office. And um, I didn't have any idea when I went in to go to work, you know, that next, that day. And uh, they were gone. And I'd gone where? What? <laughs> that was it. No job, nothing. Everything went with them wherever they went. So you went to bed the night before, like the, just like the rest of no, us? No, didn't know. Woke up the yep. next day, right on the news, just like everyone else. Yeah. Coastly, Mayflower struck, Case the whole closed. ordeal. Case closed. Knew nothing at all. And uh, there went the Colts, there went my job, because I was working for them doing a lot of public relations things, going to all the schools and all the areas of where the young people were trying to get their lives together.
I just made myself available to let them know that, uh, you know, your life is just starting. So, uh, Right, so I do the right thing. I did my research do about right you. Thing. I went Wikipedia, Google, all these things, and the one stat that really knocked me over was you did 26 years with the Maryland Department of Juvenile Services. Oh yeah, that's much more impressive than the football hall of fame. Oh yeah, but uh, especially again, in this state. But again. God is in charge, and um, it was only through him that uh, that's what it was all about. That's what it is all about. That's what it's going to be all about, bottom line. All right, so we talked about the cold leaving in the middle of the night like a bunch of thieves. What about when Art Modell says he's leaving Cleveland? and bringing a football team back to Baltimore. How did you feel about that? <laughs> Our Modell was a great man. He belongs in the Hall of Fame, by the way. Without question. What a, what a, what a great man. What a great man. That man put me in business. That's right. When uh, I had no idea. And... Uh, he says, stick with me. Don't worry about it. What owner is going to say that to a player? Nowadays, none. None. He set me up and put me in business where I had no idea what was going to come of it. But it's strictly because of him. That's the kind of man he was. If you have any problems or situations or whatever, come see me. Just sit down, let's talk it over. What owner's going to do that to a player? Nowadays, none. That's what he did with so, me. So he warned Cleveland ahead of time. He says, Listen, don't give me a new stadium, we're leaving. So they didn't give him a new stadium, he left. He brought a great football franchise to a team that hasn't had a team in eight, nine years. And people in Cleveland are still pissed. <laughs> people in Baltimore should be more pissed than anyone. We woke up in the middle of the night to a Mayflower truck taking our team out like we're a bunch of bastards. So everyone in Cleveland should be lucky. He gave him a year advance that he was not going to bring a team back there unless they put him in a stadium. Exactly right. Here, everyone woke up to go to school, work, whatever was going on to Mayflower. Nobody's staying here, nobody leaving. I mean, uh, nobody's staying. And, and, you know, it was terrible. We should have a football team here. This is a football town. True. Absolutely. True. We have baseball. We haven't won a World Series in thousands of years, but this is a football town. And I lived in thousands of other cities. <laughs> I was in Tampa, I was in all over the country. This is a football city. We love football here. Well, it's, uh, and Modell knew that, you can see it. And uh, like I say, 
was a great human being. You know, God sent him here. What an visionary, like, you know, Monday Night Football, you know, whatever he did, he did a lot for the game. And the man's still not in the Hall of Fame, which is bullshit. Yeah, this is true. I, I go along yeah. with that. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. Without question. And he won't enjoy it because he's gone, you know, he passed on. Right. So, that's, that's really crazy because to me, an visionary, a visionary like that should be in the Hall of Fame. Monday Night Football, lights, everything he did for the game. These people are so pissed at him because he didn't, you know, he brought a football team to Baltimore after 20 years of not having a football. So they're so angry for things that they shouldn't be angry over. He's an visionary. Yeah. So you're in the Ravens uh, Ring of Honor. How's that like to you? Like you to play for the cultural career, you know, you retired and, and the Ravens put you in the ring of honor. How's that I feel to you? I consider that a great honor. By my not, uh, you know, being a Colt. I'm an ex-Colt. You'll always be a Colt, sir. But uh, I'm a Ravens man now. Yeah. yeah. I'm a Ravens man. I'm not, uh, not a Colt, even though I played for them and retired from them, I am now Baltimore Raven. And they put you in your hall, in the Ring of Honor, which is a great accomplishment. Sure. So, you know, that's awesome. You play for the Colt your whole career, you retire. And then the Ravens put you in the Ring of Honor. That's a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, it sure is. You know, we've been here 20 years, two Super Bowls. So appreciative. Fans love football in this city. This is a football city. No matter what anyone says, we know Orioles won 67, 78, This is a football city. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, yeah. The last question I have for them more. This guy played Penn State, College Football Hall of Fame, National Championship, and he comes to Baltimore. Lenny Moore, what does Baltimore mean to you? Well, that's a pretty easy question. I'm here. I'm in Baltimore. And when I came to Baltimore, I'm here. And I'm going to be here. God bless you all. Thank you much, Lenny Moore, for coming out of the podcast. Thank you so much. And we love you being in Baltimore.